I have a jam-packed podcast for you today. My guest and I discuss basically all things podcasting. We are talking about how to start your own podcast, why it's important for your personal brand, how to be a good host, as well as how to be a good guest. So you're definitely going to want to stick around. Hello, and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast, where my guests and I share tips to help and inspire you to build a great personal brand. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am very excited to be joined by Ginny Saraswati. Ginny is the owner founder and CEO of Ginny Media, a podcasting production house in New York City. Through Ginny Media, she produces podcasts for Fortune 500 companies and leading brands like Siemens, Condé Nast, and AAA, as well as provides tools for thousands of people to create and produce their own shows. She is also the host of The Ginny Show, a multi-award nominated podcast, and she hosts and produced a daily podcast called Pod Pops, where she shares breaking podcast news, tips, tricks, and actionable advice for people in the podcasting industry. So Jenny, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited. I feel like we have a lot to talk about with podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love being on a podcast talking about podcasts. It's, it's what yeah, I love to do yeah. most. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, there's so many things that can help raise somebody's visibility. And I know that podcasting is one why do you believe podcasting is important for someone's personal brand? I, I think that's a great question, um, Claire, especially in a personal brand context as well, the way that you ask that question. There's a couple of reasons. One, I'm obviously biased being uh, having a background on radio. I think audio is a, a wonderful medium, especially when it comes to intimacy, because typically mm -hmm. when people are listening to radio or they're listening to a podcast or audio, they're by themselves. You're literally in someone's ear. So the opportunity to impact is far greater than I think um, where it be video or, or text, right? You've got that voice in your ear. You feel like you're a fly on a wall. So that intimacy factor, I think, is one of the things. The other thing about podcasting is if you look at the multiple ways you can build a personal brand when it comes to content, you can build content that people can watch. You can build content that people can read or you can build content that people listen to. Now, those three platforms, if you are to put them into, or those three ways of creating content, if you are to put them into tangible pieces of communication, it's video, blogs, books, text, audio media, right? Now, if you look at blogs, if you were to go on Google now and, and look at how many blogs there are in the world, there's over 600 million blogs, right? If you go to YouTube, there's over, I think, 51 million YouTube channels. That's just channels. I'm not even talking about the number of videos there are out there with those individual channels. Mm -hmm. And then there's only like three to five million podcasts, give or take. So if you look at the numbers, the infancy stages of podcasting, there's not as many podcasts, even though it feels like everybody has a podcast. But the it does feel like everyone has a podcast. Exactly. exactly. It feels like, oh, this person's had a podcast. There really isn't as many podcasts if you look at in comparison to blogs and blogs. So I think if you're building a personal brand, if you want less noise to get your message heard, audio media, podcasting, that's the way to go with the intimacy factor as well. That you, you on Friday night, you don't sit there around with your friends and listen to true crime. You typically watch it <laughs> on like 2020 or something, right? Yeah. But typically when it comes to people listen to podcasts by themselves or it's in their mm -hmm. ear. So it does have a huge intimacy factor that way. I feel like I'm, I'm a lot of times I'm actually more drawn to sometimes the the video of it. But yeah, I feel like if I'm going to listen, listen to something long form, I, I just don't want to have to watch it. If it's a yeah. podcast, you'd rather just listen to it. So exactly. very interesting. If someone's like, okay, I, I'm intrigued now 
for podcasting for my personal brand. So then how will it kind of help people kind of build their community, build their influence? How do you see that working? Based on the intimacy part that I just said there, it allows you to build a deeper connection with your existing customer base or future customer base, right? Mm -hmm. You're pretty much talking to people. People hear your voice. They get a sense of your energy, what you're about. And when you're in conversation, it allows you to connect with your audience in a way that I think the other mediums allow you to do as well. But again, Mm -hmm. the intimacy factor is great too. And I think the other part of it is when you're building a personal brand and when you have, you know, the thing I think people make mistakes about when creating content, this is not just pertaining to podcasts, is when they're creating content, they're in that mode of, I have to talk about my product or service and only Mm. that. That is effectively an ad. That's not really people connecting with you. So what are some things about you that people can connect with? What coffee do you like to drink? What do you geek out about? What shows do you binge? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, you like cats. Like they're the things that I think people can really connect with. So I think there's kind of two angles to that, Claire. One, you got to think about what sort of content you're creating for your Mm -hmm. personal brand, whether it be through audio, video, or text. And the other part is how is your customer, client, What do they care about and how can you connect with that? So it's that connection point that's really important. So you touched on something um, that I think is really interesting. I see this a lot and I actually had a post about this on LinkedIn that has actually done pretty well where I basically said, you know, when you're giving out information, just give information that people find helpful, that entertains. So podcasts would be kind of entertaining um, and and insightful. So I think one of the, yeah, it's a, a lot of times you either you either have those people that are that think that they every post and everything they do is going to win a Pulitzer Prize, and then you have the people that like are are very you know either they're very shy, they don't want to do it, they don't want to jump in, they're kind of like oh, I, I don't want to ask anyone to do anything, I don't want to do this podcast, I'm scared. Or you have the ones that are just like buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I feel like there's always this lesson of, yeah. And I like that you said, cause yeah, in podcasting, no one's going to listen to you if you're just buy my stuff, buy my stuff. That's exactly not exactly. your constant commercial. And then yeah. if you don't have anything that's insightful, that anything that's helpful, why would not even listen? Exactly what you said. It's when you're creating content, it, the objective is whether, whether you do it to entertain, to add value, to give insight, it is to connect right? Mm-hmm. That is the overarching intention of creating content and a personal brand. So but if you sit there going, buy my stuff, and that's all people hear from you, it's literally like that salesperson on the street, which you always say no thank you to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. that, that's what it feels like. People don't feel like they're your friend. They don't feel like that you can trust you. And I think we're in a world now where we have the most savvy consumer than we did 50, 60 years ago, right? Because we are yeah. constantly pumped with and have access to information. So the consumer is far more savvy. So getting a connect, so establishing a connection with your customer, your audience is crucial. But so someone's stuck, right? They have expertise. They want to start a podcast. You've convinced yeah. them that they now need to start a podcast. How do they come up with ideas? So that's, that's hmm. a great question, Claire. And I think like, we'll go to the drawing board for this one. So if you were to come to me going, look, I've got these ideas. I don't know how to express them. So I would start with the bare bones of like, why? Why did you create this? Who are you servicing? How is this impacting a person, individual, community, or civilization? Because some of the thought leaders I work with are actually impacting civilizations, like Mm -hmm. transportation-wise and and that sort of stuff. So start there because that 
impact, that community building factor, that connection point is what we need to unpack, right? That goes beyond what you're providing. So that's actually where I would start with the why. I know like Simon Sinek talks about that all the time, but really the why, like I find Apple fascinating because how they change the status quo of how we consume media and communicate, Mm -hmm. right? Like we have the iPhone because of Apple. So things like that start with the why. And like, I would love to know you know, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when the original conversations were going. Like people find that stuff interesting. You might think they don't, but start with the why. Like what are you actually, when you came to create this business, this brand, what was the starting point? Was it a problem that you saw in a community that you wanted to solve? Was it something that happened to you personally? So start there. There's a story there. There's always a story there. And yeah, I think that, yeah, there's so many ways that you can unpack it. And sometimes people just want that connection to know that you're Mm -hmm. actually human. Because so, okay, you want to start a podcast and I see you've got the fancy microphone and you do all this sort of stuff. Like, so like, what what do people do? They're like, oh my God, it's so hard. How do I even start? Yeah, I think the fancy microphone thing, this this is there's actually a man holding the boom mic. I'm kidding. It's it's a stand. So I tell people there's always someone holding there, but there, yeah. there really isn't. But a, a decent microphone is helpful, especially if you're an expert and you wanna, you know, build a quality relationships with your podcast hosts or the, the podcast that you um are guests on. Taking their podcast seriously by having like just a simple USB mic goes a long way for quality, right? right? And you know, at the end of the day, when it's produced, it sounds great, right? This Mm -hmm. is getting made about you, like give them that respect of that content. So respect the content is where I'd start. The second thing, if you wanted to start a podcast too, is um, respect the content and respect the listener, I should say. So whether you're a guest or a host, like respect your listener um, and respect Mm -hmm. your audience. The second thing I would say is for starting a podcast is, I'm going to say this with, with a lot of the love in the world, Go easy on yourself, but be open to learning. Not everybody Uh. is made to be a host. Not everybody has had hosting experience, right? And not everybody has had guesting experience. But when you're a host, you are essentially the anchor, the guide, the navigator of the podcast, right? You are Mm -hmm. driving the podcast. So you may not know how to host, but watch and learn. Like watch Oprah, watch Joe Rogan. There might be things you like and don't like. Watch Jack Canfield. Just just really powerful speakers and the questions they ask, how they respond, just be open to learning. And I think that's something still, even after 10, 15 years of hosting that I have had experience of, I'm still open to, because I know there's a lot of things that I could sharpen my skills on. So be open to learning, but also be kind to yourself. Like don't expect to be Oprah on your first day of (laughs) recording. So be kind to yourself. However, be open to learning. And I would say the third thing is just continually listen. You would be so surprised the amount of hosts that are not present in a conversation. Oh They're going through a yes. question list and it's like, listen, like that is, I think what makes a great podcaster different from just your average podcaster. The great mm-hmm. podcasters, the great interviewers, the great conversationalists, they listen. I think yeah. that's the third tip that I would give. So, if, yeah, I, I think that I've, I've been given that um, compliment before that people are just kind of like, wow, I really appreciate the fact that you actually, you listen to me. Um, and it actually felt like you were listening. You asked me, you asked me questions based on what I said. The conversation wasn't fully based on the, you know, questions that you submitted. Yes. Jenny submitted questions, um, for me to ask, but I I think that that's really key. But I think, I mean, I try to be a good friend too. And I think that's also being a good friend is also listening. So I think that it's so (laughs) interesting that you say that because, you know, when my friend calls me, if a friend of mine is to call me and tell me about something that's going on, I listen. So Mm -hmm. I think 
And then that is just the art of being in conversation, right? Yeah. You're listening, they're responding, you're listening to that, then you're responding. And podcast conversations should be no different. It's just, yes, you might be talking to a megastar or you might be talking to someone that you've idolized and there's that nerve, but exactly what you said there, Claire, like being a good friend, if you don't know how to be a good host, start with yeah. being a good friend. That's great advice there. Well, I mean, the things that when we have our clients that are on board, I often do media training and we discuss kind of like what they should expect. And there's always this kind of, you know, like, oh, well, this is how you look now, or this is how Gary Vee looks now. But I'm like, well, what you actually need to look at them is like 10 years ago or even more when they were getting started and they were a little bit messy and they weren't as polished. Although I don't know that Gary Fee would ever be called polished. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I'm a former actress and so I used to do TV and film and things like that. So you just never know everyone's backstory, which kind of gets them into this into this, um, where they currently are. And I, I love your point. Um, just give yourself a little bit of a break. Yeah. You're not going to be Oprah. I mean, oh my God, how many, how much experience does she have interviewing people? I don't even exactly. remember when she started her show, like seventies, eighties. Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah. when she reported weather, she was still open. The thing with Oprah is she is an eternal student. Like even the mm -hmm. interview she does now on Super Soul, you can see her writing questions down, repeating things back so she can understand it. That is a listening skill. And that's, yeah. that's something that we can learn from it. And exactly what you said there too, it's, it's important to be present and give yourself grace when you're, yeah. you're still learning. Yeah. There's always this thought of it ha every episode has to be perfect. And before we jumped into this room, um, Ginny mentioned that, that she was getting over a cold. So excuse me if I have to, to mute. And I was saying, I am, my allergies are, you know, kicking my ass. So yeah. I was like, I might have to cough too. Life happens. Exactly. And that's, that is kind of the beauty. And I think that what you kind of said along the way is, is what that intimacy factor that is, is shown in a 20 to 30 minute or longer podcast is that people are being people. People are having thoughts there. Things are coming to their mind and it just, the podcast can catch it all. Exactly. And what you just said there, like showing up. And I think this perception of showing up has been really, for me, I've learned that I thought showing up looked like I had to look a certain way, sound a certain way, and be a certain way when I am presenting on a show, in a media, whatever it might be. But for mm -hmm. me, I've learned showing up is keeping consistent, like showing up as you are, you know, even like coming on the tail end of a cold, like this is, this is my journey. I get sick too sometimes, people. And that's real. Exactly what you just yeah. said there, Claire. That's life. We, we, yeah. we get sick sometimes. The cats are crazy. Sometimes the kids are crazy. Like, it happens. <laughs> so I, I, think, I guess you have cats because you mentioned cats twice now. Yeah, so my cat, George, he normally sleeps there. I, I put okay. him outside. And we, have, we just adopted a little kitten, Bendy. Okay. Um, he's also, she likes to sit on my keyboard and, you know, open up 17 Google tabs and sometimes send over $10,000 transactions to people that she's not supposed to. So... I sometimes uh -oh. have to keep her out when I'm doing Wow. It. Yeah, it's fun when you have to call the bank and be like, yeah, my cat did that. Like, oh, sure, your cat did that. I'm like, no, my cat did do that. But that is like. No, I, I have a cat. Uh, cat. I, I used to have cats, but I have a dog named Trixie. And I discovered right. that Trixie's paw can make the phone work. Oh, no. Yeah. So her oh, little paw can, can turn things. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, you get the phone away from Trixie because she's just, she's yeah, she's going to start shooting. sending texts. Yeah. <laughs> taking selfies. Yeah. That's awesome. She's got yeah. some tricks. I like it. Oh, my God. 
Well, it's it's actually funny because her um, we we rescued her in October and we didn't know what her birthday was because she came from a shelter. So we they said she was about a year old. So we said that um, her birthday would be Halloween. Um, and yeah. We joke because she is kind of a little. Ooh, she's a. So we we joke that she's all trick no treat. <laughs> that is cute. That is cute. <laughs> So yeah, I love her, and yeah. the, uh, my entire team—they know. Yeah, they like Trixie will jump in my lap and be in the meetings, and um, yeah. actually, some of my first YouTube videos, she would just be sitting there on my lap, looking at the camera. Um, but you know what? That like adds to, yeah, you know, absolutely, it adds to it adds to to the life and the authenticity and and the realness. So, and who 100%. doesn't like? I, I don't know. I, I I will always stop for a dog or cat video as long as it's happy. Sad ones, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. No sad. Yeah. I, I have a deeper appreciation for cats. I used to be a dog person. Then I met my partner. She brought a cat into the relationship. Like, oh, so I'm both now. But to your point, okay. I, I adore animals. I mean, they're just yeah. so much fun. Me too. <laughs> no, I, I used to have cats and my, my um, husband, then boyfriend, was highly allergic. So I had to oh. rehome my 14-year-old cat. Oh, it no. was so hard. But someone that was a vet tech at my vet adopted him. So you really so, couldn't get any better than that. You know that your cat's in good hands. And that's exactly that's peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would be interested to know how you have personally seen your podcast, because you got two of them. Has, how has it increased your visibility? How has it helped your business? How has it helped attract people to your podcasting business? Like, how have you seen it help your personal brand? So that's a great question, Claire. So the Ginny Show was the first podcast that I started on the back of my radio career. Like, I saw the trends in what's called, but what we called back then on-demand radio, which was podcast. Mm. You can consume whatever you wanted, whatever time um, after the on-air date. So when I started the podcast, I noticed that it was relatively new in Australia, right? Podcasting wasn't as um, booming at, at, in 2016 as it is now. And when I started the podcast, people were coming up to me going, how do you do what you do? Because you have a radio background. Now you're going into digital media. How do you do what you do? How do you build a great show? How can I be a better interviewer? How can I be a better host? How can I make the quality of my show and build something out of this? So that was something that was accidental. I didn't mean to build a business out of a, a podcast, but it happened. I'm like, oh, right. I've been doing this for 10 years now. It kind of makes sense. Let's just do it. So I stumbled into being an entrepreneur. So that yeah. the Ginny show started off as like literally a passion project where I could go on, shake off the radio restrictions that, you know, when you're on radio, there's certain things you can say that you can't say what you should say. And, you know, you have a certain time to say it. So I could just really open up and take Ginny out on the road, right? That's essentially what the Ginny show was. That brought in people and clients. So I had a good solid base of five clients in Australia that were all pretty much based in New York or North America. So I thought I always wanted to move to New York. So this is a great time. And I, I quit my day job, moved over and then built Ginny Media. And then I just started building relationships like what you said Claire I just you know I, I had a vision of okay I don't know how this is going to work but I know that I do want to inspire conversations you know listening people to build their audio media brands and then I started building a team and I was learning at the same time stumbling you know first couple of years I was working 16 20 hour days sometimes but now it's a little different that was like the entry point to building Ginny Media. And then since then, I've just been focusing on one customer at a time. How can I listen to them? How can mm -hmm. I be a good client services provider to them? And it's just that presence. Like I said, it's being a good friend, listening to them. 
And then from there, naturally, I just got referrals. You know, all of my business has been referred to me. I have not spent a digital dollar or on anything on advertising. It's all been referred. Yes, I do PR now, but in terms of like advertising, no. From there, it just has been building. And Pod Pops, the daily podcast I do now, is again a source of podcasting news, entertainment, audio tips. So there is like a brand awareness building vehicle uh, mentality behind that podcast and also a, a value proposition for current podcasters or aspiring podcasters. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where the two podcasts fit into the whole business plan. But I think the overarching theme is like it's motivating diverse voices, conversations and, and elevating those stories through audio media. I think the, the one thing that I have learned <clears throat> by being a host and um, talking to a, a fair amount of people is that I, I feel that the most authentic brands started organically. There's some people that are like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to learn how to do this. And I'm going to, um, this is going to be my expertise and whatnot. But when it kind of just happens organically by you being you, I think that that it's, you don't have to teach people quite as much of the tone down the sales part, do this thing. Like people are just being themselves and it seemed to work. And they're like, well, I guess I should lean into this. What is your thought on that? Do you that I 100% agree with that. Like the tagline at my company is made off beat, not because I'm like, hey, I'm cool. I go against it. But really it's because I've always like, you know, coming from the culture that I do, I've I'd struggled with not being myself. I thought I had to be a certain way. And, you know, in media, you get a lot of that. You get people who or you experience some people who think they have to be a certain way. Or be, but I think to your point, people who are authentically themselves, the amount of um, I don't know what the word is, but they don't sweat a lot of the stuff that people who try to fit into a mold do because they're just themselves. That noise is, is gone. Like, Oh, that those voices are are muted. I think, I think maybe it it comes with, with having self-confidence because they feel like they can be themselves. And if there's a lack of, of, a lack of self-confidence, then that can really hinder you in a lot of ways. It's self-confidence. I think it's self-awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, you know, in spite of the challenges I may have had growing up in Australia, I had a mother who loved me unconditionally. And I think for a child, that is a cornerstone of building confidence. One of the ways that you can really build someone's self-esteem in their really formative years. And yeah. that for me was helpful. But I think for me to, the work that I had to do for that self-confidence and self-awareness was was helpful as well because I'm like I didn't like environments where I couldn't be me and Mm -hmm. you know I was working in environments like for example when I worked my corporate job I didn't agree with you've got to be here at 8 30 and we have to go through everybody's to-do list I'm like this makes no sense Uh, and when you have to do that every single day for your Mm -hmm. whole tenure it's you're not being yourself and you have to wake up every day and be like I have to be someone else today and that sucks Mm-hmm. And all the things I worried about back then, I do not worry about now because I'm not thinking about I have to fit into a system or please someone or do something mm-hmm. that I don't agree with. Yeah. You know, that's a very small example, but it, the essence of it, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I feel. <laughs> I, I, it kind of reminds me, this was a while ago, it was like probably two years at this point, that I interviewed a magician who taught no. public speaking. I love um, that. That's really clever. I mean, yeah. And, and, but it was literally kind of about, I mean, you know, as a former actor, like I took improv classes and things like that. So a lot of times it's really kind of getting over yourself 
so yeah. that you can, um, you know, help others and, and, and get out of your own way. I think yeah. a lot of times what, what makes people not do something is this fear. Is it like what you were saying before, the fear of um, not fitting into a mold or a stereotype or feeling confined to be in a mold or a stereotype or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of like experience and just having experience kind of just being kind of like open and free and not caring. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's totally scary. I mean, I will say like, yeah, improv class, if anyone out there has done it, it's really scary, but you yeah. learn so much about just getting over yourself and just, yeah, sometimes you literally do something stupid and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, and that's, that's actually such a great point too. the whole getting out of your own way. So you can just let your essence or authentic self just come through because it is those, the, the voices in your head, the restrictions are, Oh, what will they think? Um, being from a Brown culture, that is the core of every family's fear. What will they think? Um, but when you get rid of that, how liberating it is, how freeing it is, it's like, they will think what they think, no matter what you do. That's really mm -hmm. the truth. Right. They it will is. think what they think. You can't control that. Um, but if you are fearful of what they may think, it really is. I'm fearful of what they will think about how I will be. That's really what it is at the core of yeah. it. So it's, it's, people will think what they think. And that's yeah. something that cannot be stopped and it will continue to happen. But it's also how we, we react to that and respond to that by dimming ourselves is where the, the pain starts, I think, and right. the inability to really show up as ourselves. I mean, I personally went through a kind of a journey where I literally um, got rid of people in my life. I got rid of a lot Ooh. of people in my life because I'm just like, you're not healthy for me. Yeah. And sometimes you don't really think about it. But what I've learned it through marketing and, and personal branding, and I'm sure you can probably you probably have dealt with this too, is that sometimes your kind of like think things are going on in your head, all these blocks, all these things, your childhood, things that happened in your childhood. It's almost like you yeah. need to go to like a shrink <laughs> yeah. and deal with stuff. To be, yeah. If you are finding that, that you can't kind of get ahead, because I think that that's like one of the biggest things that I've had to learn a lot of stuff like for myself to get yeah. to where I am today and kind of getting rid of those, those naysayers that I'm just like, you're just jealous. And they're not, it's, it's, I think jealousy is one way to kind of detect, oh, this person isn't genuinely happy or celebrating me. Right. And when you go back to exactly what you said, being a friend, like friends celebrate you they yes. you know, take such joy and pride in your successes yeah they don't want to necessarily reap the rewards of that but they're happy to be along with the journey with you right that's what a friend well, is right yeah and and it, it reminds me I, I can't remember who it is somebody i follow on on instagram and some <laughs> other daughter duo and one of the things that they said is a lot of times when you have people that that put you down or say oh i don't think that's very good or oh whatever they actually are they they like who you were and they're scared of where you're going. They yeah. don't know how to connect with this new person. They only know how to connect with whatever this was, the high school you, the college you, the child that you were. They don't know how to connect with who you're becoming. So they kind of put you down. They kind of try to drag you back to where you were. And you're like, well, I'm not there anymore. I'm, I'm over here. So you either <laughs> meet me here or yeah. We're going to have to change our relationship. So exactly what they're asking of you consciously or unconsciously, whether they're aware or not, is 
I am uncomfortable with this new light and energy or person that you've become that I require Mm. you to dim your light or shrink yourself so you can stay in my life. Again, like that is, that's again, asking you to not be who you are because in that moment, that's not who you are. Um, And I I wholeheartedly respect and commend you for, you know, putting in the boundaries to be like, you're not my friend. That really isn't a friendship. And this is how I define friendship. And that for me too, I've had to go through a lot of, emotional and uh, professional boundaries I've learned to put in. They don't teach this stuff at business school. They like, don't. They don't teach you how to draw. Pre- but like, they should. They it's should. so important. Yeah. Because so otherwise you get walked on in business. You you dim your light. You don't go and ask for a raise. You don't do exactly. a podcast. You don't build your personal brand. You don't ask for a promotion because you don't think you're worthy. So it's just like they should just have like a like a part of it like okay we're gonna work on the inner you because I want to make sure that when you get out of business school that you actually utilize all the skills that we're teaching you. Exactly, because what you just said there, not having a constant support or having a support network that isn't supportive, so it's not really mm-hmm. a support network, right? Like for me, I've had to learn that sometimes boundaries have to be between, and I've been doing boundary work over the last few years with a coach, but boundaries are between you and you. Right. Mm. If I say to myself, I'm not going to pick up the phone after six and someone calls me and I pick up the phone, I've gone against my own boundary. That person's going to continue again. They're going to think what they want, do what they want, but it's up to me. And there is a certain standard that you will hold yourself to. And then people, if they are true friends or if they are going to be in your life or want to be in your life, they will either accept or meet you at that standard or disappear. And I think- I think what you, the choices that you've made, it's important to protect your, the sacredness of how authentic you are. I think that's that's so important. It is. So we got really like deep, but I think it was a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to bring it back to to kind of podcasting and all this. What three tips can you give? Because I, I, we, we chatted quickly about like worst case scenarios, like having like the worst guests or having, (laughs) dealing on, dealing with the worst host. So right. say someone is in one of those situations, right. whichever one you want to pick, whether they're the guest or the host, what are three tips that you're going to, that you're going to give to them to make the best of a really bad situation? Right. So I'm going to start from the host perspective. So if you say, if you have a really bad guest now being on a few podcasts myself and also, you know, in the early days, I'm not going to name any names, but I witnessed this on some of the podcasts I produce and some of the podcasts that I listen to that I don't produce. But when you have a guest who gives you either what I call press release answers, they're scripted, mm. um, you can tell they're reading or they have been coached to say something, or they they give you an answer that goes for the entirety of the podcast. So if I literally open up with one question and you give me a 20-minute answer and I don't interact or respond, someone's not listening. And typically yeah. that's the guest. The guest is so fixated on what to say. Now it could be nerves. It could be like, oh, I haven't done this before. I don't know how to be. It could be lack of training. But I think in that session, in that situation, and I've told some of my clients this too, don't be afraid to interrupt the guest. Because again, if you're the host of the podcast, you are in the driver's seat. You can put the brake on and be like, hang on. I just want to follow up on this point that you made here. Like you're going to the best way to get someone who is scripted to be authentic derail them you have to surprise them and it can be exhausting as a guest but you really have to put on your journalist hat there or you have to put on your host hat there going i need to take a few turns i need to hit the brakes here because you're going to get them to a place where they're like i'm more relaxed if they're nervous or i'm 
disarmed with this script that I've given because now that you've you've kind of turned me here, there I'm kind of like, where are we? Okay, I'll be me now. You'll eventually get there. Some yeah. seasoned professionals don't get there, and, and I know that, but that is a tip I'll give hosts because I do see that happening a lot when a guest comes pre-prepared with all these answers. It's like, oh, man. And if you've honestly gone through the interview as a host and you've de- like you've thrown in surprise questions, you've stopped them, you're like, sorry to interrupt you, I just want to ask you about this, and they're still giving you press release answers, you've done your job. Like, honestly, you can walk mm. away from that interview going, I yeah. did the best that I could. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So true. That's that's one tip I would give a host yeah. or a guest if you have a host who kind of talks more in the interview than you do. Again, I, I had that happen. Oh, tell me about that experience, Claire. Like, what? How did you feel at the end of that? I was like, I, I shouldn't even be here. So I tried to did- I tried to interject. I tried to do some stuff, but yeah, it was just like I was like, oh god, I don't want to be here. And it, t- it went on forever, like an hour. But in, and I'm like, I didn't know whether they were going to cut it. I was like, okay, you know, what? I, I'm actually gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's it's you feel trapped because you're yeah. you want to be gracious because I was I'm a kind you know person and you, you just feel very very trapped. Yeah, it's something that just won't end. And was this an interview that was vetted for you, or was it like, did you kind of read like what what we happened? We are we are actually. Um, it's actually funny. There was a podcast I was on, and I spoke to the host, and we kind of both agreed that we weren't going to have many guests on our show anymore unless they were like fully vetted. Um, I don't think Natasha spoke to you, and I think I said that she didn't have to speak to you because of your background. But most of the time. Natasha or Emily, who do the the uh, scheduling for me, they will get onto a fifteen minute call with a, with a um, a guest to make sure that they're not crazy. Quite frankly, because we had one that was really it was like I don't even know his. He, literally, we're in Riverside like this, and he dropped off three times because I don't know what Wi Fi he was on. It was just a disaster, and we we're like sitting there and. You met my producer, um, Nicole. We're like, hopefully, fingers crossed, he won't come back because it was so horrible. Anyway, we went through the whole thing, and I never, I never published it because it was just so awful. Yeah, and wouldn't listen. Had his had his talking points. He had to go through it. I would ask him questions. And he would go back to his talking points, and I'm like, can't with you. But from mm-hmm. and and I've become more. I want the team to like. Whenever they I get onto a podcast, I get asked to be on a podcast. I'm like, check them out. Listen to it. How does it sound? Do they sound like me? Do it set? Does it yeah. sound like I will will have a good connection with them? Because again, I was on a podcast with uh, with one guy. He literally went through ten questions, and he was like great answer okay so then and i'm like it was really it was just really doing my homework and and due diligence to make sure i didn't get on a podcast that was like that because it's not fun no it's not and what you just said there i think i did actually i I like the fact that you have that pre-interview process i did actually Mm. speak to natasha and i'm glad thank you for giving me that, that shout out but i'm glad that i did and i was very impressed by that too claire because again it it almost not that I wouldn't show up this way it gives the guest I really need to sit up straight for this interview I need to show up for this interview as best as I can because I do feel sometimes that you know without that pre-vetting process whether you're a guest or a host so we were talking about guest tips like if you have a a host that's terrible but listen to their podcast because if you know they're going to talk for 20 minutes out of the 22 minutes of the interview you know that you're only going to give them two minutes of your time if you want to because to your point you don't want to feel trapped that doesn't make good content going back to respect the content respect the audience like that's yeah 
not respecting the audience if you're working off a list and dropping in and out. Like sometimes it happens. Sometimes internet connections do drop out. But if it's if you do show up unprepared, I don't feel that is respectful to the person that you're having that conversation. It, it is not. And yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of podcast hosts because there are so many. Yeah. Uh, varying, you know, degrees of, of, of popularity and, uh, you know, um, amount of audience. But if you actually get asked to be on, uh, you know, TV news or, or something like that, you cannot show up like that at all. No. There's, you will not get, if you get asked to be on something, you'll never be asked to get back to, to be asked back. And if you, you know, you could burn a bridge, they have friends, <laughs> like it could be really bad. Just hundred percent. 100%. It's practice. Again, it's yeah, practice and showing up, right? Showing up prepared and showing up respecting the content and the audience. You know, there are some situations where guests are very nervous, like they're, they're not media trained, but they mm -hmm. have such good expertise. Those oh, yeah. guests, if you have a pre interview with them, be like, just get a sense of how they speak, yeah. um, how they communicate. If they're like, give you 15 minute answers, be like, hey, I really love the way you gave answers, but maybe give them in bite sized chunks. And something I like to explain to people, especially in like a medical or technical field, when they get really, really like jargon heavy, it's like, explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old or explain it, explain the story or the process to me like I wouldn't have the sense of sight so I can really yeah. be in the experience. And I think those little pointers, those little coaching tips really do help your guests um, get a little bit more relaxed. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I've got to explain it this way. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely had like a horrible guest once that I literally stopped. And I, I told my producer, okay, we're, so mark down that at this, at this timestamp, we stopped the, the editor needs to cut. And I yeah. go, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I need you to answer the questions like this and do this and blah, blah, blah. Does this make sense? She said, yes, but didn't. And I eventually was like, let's just keep going. I don't care. Yeah. We're just going to yeah. keep going and yeah. have it be a lesson. Well, you did your job. You, you tried your best. You exactly. did your job. It, what yeah. can you do? Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> um, Jenny, this has been so much fun. Um, so if someone wants to learn more about what you do, wants to listen to your podcast, where can they f connect with you and learn more about you? Thank you, Claire. So they can connect with me on Instagram at the Ginny show, or, um, you can check out our company website at ginnymedia.com. That's G I N N I media.com. So, um, would love to hear from you and, uh, Claire, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, it was, a, it was a pleasure. It was, it's always fun when you can just talk. And, and stuff comes up, you know, you, yeah. you never know what's going to come up. So it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank um, you, and thank you so much for listening and watching today's podcast. And um, I will see you next time. Bye.